Welcome to another edition of The Tigers Down Under. I'm your host, as always, Alex, and with me tonight I have Dan. How are you, Dan? Yeah, good. How are you? Yeah, good. It's good to be back after the international break, back into the uh, into the action. Uh, fixture on the weekend to try and get over the, uh, the rather disappointing loss that we suffered just before the international break against Huddersfield Town, uh, going down 3-0, which, um, you know, looking back on it, um, was probably deserved in the in the sense that they played a very good game they were good from the off uh it wasn't so much a fluky win but um given the form that we had going into that game um it's rather disappointing uh, given the manner that we kind of surrendered that game uh and just sort of the dent it puts in our form yeah um it was it was probably a shock going like if you looked ahead to the game, we were expecting that um, we should like take points as a minimum, and probably we were expecting to take all three, given our um, each team's respective forms heading into the game. But um, I think um, I think McCann hit it on the head. He just said um, after the game that Huddersfield was there to play. They outplayed us for from the very first minute, pretty much, um, and. I guess at the end of the day, they deserve the win, um, and we just have to come away from that and have, I guess, reflect. We had we've had a couple of weeks to reflect. Um, a few guys have gone away with for international duty, um, and I think overall we've done pretty well um, in terms of international performances. I think Magenis yeah. scored um, against, uh, uh, against Netherlands. Uh, the Netherlands, yeah, yeah, um, Irvine. Got a couple of goals. Has played um, played really well for for the Socceroos. Um, I think did Grzycki Henriksen's Norway did a, did uh, pretty Poland. well. Oh no, he's Denmark. Sorry. Uh, no, no, he's he's Norway. Um, and I think going? they did okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw they had a uh, a draw or a win with one of the big bigger teams um, in their Euro qualifiers. Um, but no, um, whether I mean maybe Henriksen starts coming back into the picture don't know but um yeah i think overall it's it's hard to really complain about or be too disappointed in the result when we we, when we put forward the performance that we did yeah so i I think i think it's just definitely disappointing the manner in which we played the game i do wonder somewhat whether um irvine's absence in midfield probably paid played quite a large part in in um our performance in our retention of the ball in terms of our uh, sort of um, ability to break them down while they were passing it around because that was certainly a feature of their game was their ability to pass through us. And I think it was sort of highlighted when Honeyman was subbed off in the second half and really they went on a rampage after that and they got their goals. Um, I think a midfield that doesn't have at least one of Irvine, Honeyman or, you know, potentially, uh, I guess, Stewart as well, sorry, I should say two of them, um, is quite a weak midfield because when you have, um, dare I say it, you know, Lopez, um, Batty even to an extent, um, as those sort of um, pivots in that midfield or or, or sort of um, those central players, uh, it does look considerably weaker. And I think Irvine's absence was definitely felt. 
Um, so it's it's great to see him scoring for the Socceroos and, and hopefully he can carry that on back in the team um, on the weekend. Yeah, I hope so. Um, yeah, I think I think when you look across the the squad that we've got and I think in that central midfield, as you point out, without if if there's too many of those those key guys there, um, our depth overall, I think it's it's not that the guys that there aren't uh, aren't players that aren't up to standard. It's just that in someone like Batty, for example, like he's twenty. He just he just yeah. doesn't have the experience at at this stage to to really take um, control of the game when he's the man who has to do it. I think at this stage in his career, and what we've seen so far is when he's got a couple of senior guys or more experienced players with him, he's able to really shine because he can just focus really on just doing his job and he doesn't have to try and like break the game open, so to speak. And I think that's where someone like him um, and potentially Lopez as well get a little bit exposed when I guess there's too much pressure on their shoulders at, at the moment. Yeah, and so you, you made the good point about uh, Henriksen potentially coming back into the side. I know he rejected a contract extension over the international break, which I suspect was offered to him just to, I guess, give us a bit of insurance if we, we are to sell him to get something back, considering we couldn't, we couldn't move him on in the last window. Uh, but he's quite within his rights to reject the deal, given the way this season's panning out for him. Um, but it, it'll be interesting to see whether we bring him back in because it gets to a point where are we just being stubborn, not playing him, when really he, he's probably a better option to bring on or start than a Lopez or a Batty potentially uh, in that midfield trio. Yeah, I think you sort of got to weigh up, um, or, well, McCann has to weigh up, um, whether um, if Hemrickson's the best player to to be the third man in that midfield, for example, is it worth um, having him for the four months and pick and potentially picking up, you know, a few extra points that we potentially wouldn't, um, and then having to disrupt, I guess, that combination come January mm. if he goes, um, or do we, as you say, or do they continue as they say and potentially be uh, stubborn? Um, and perhaps even a little vindictive about it, um, and refuse to play him yeah. and and just put him to the side, um, just because he he may not be here come end of the season. It's an interesting. Um, I mean, it's a tough decision, but I think realistically, as a as a football club, you really need to be playing your best eleven. Yeah. And and with as we sort of talked, we were just mentioning with in terms of our depth in midfield and and our like for our our real first eleven players and and our um, I guess our subs bench. I think Henriksen pretty easily, sh- particularly with how well he went last year, um, should realistically be in our first eleven. Yeah, and I think one of the points of speculation was around whether there was a, you know, uh, a wage issue that you know if he plays a certain number of games, he potentially gets you know a bonus or um, you know maybe his his playing bonus for actually being named in the eleven. I, I think if you, I, I think that's pretty unlikely to be the reason. Uh, I can't imagine that his base wage would be so much lower than his base wage plus his appearance bonus or something like that. I can't imagine that's what's holding it back. So, you know, once you strip that away, I, I take your point whether it's an issue that what's the point of getting him back in the team for the next two months if he's just going to leave in January. Um, but I'd be, I, I would 
be more than happy to have our, our midfield three of Irvine, Stewart and Honeyman as our starting three and then Henriksen off the bench. And that doesn't really disrupt the formation too much, but gives you a much stronger option coming off the bench. And, you know, the point you touched on before, Batty and Lopez are both quite young players. To have someone like Henriksen coming off the bench with his experience is probably a much more valuable asset to have who can actually come on and control a game or, or run a game down if we're in the lead and we just want to sit on the lead um, than, than some of those younger guys. Yeah, it's, um, I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting, uh, it'll be interesting to see how this one plays out, I suppose. Um, I, I'm sort of with you. I think he's better off. Um, we're paying for it. We're paying him anyway, so he yeah. may as well play. Um, the other interesting one who, who made his first uh, bench appearance, didn't actually make it on the pitch, was Norbert Bloch, um, who is, you know, he, he looked good in the under-23s and looks like he's finally getting up to fitness. Um, with Eves obviously scoring his first goal against Wednesday, but then not finding the back of the net against Huddersfield, potentially, the, you know, it, it's almost a really terrible timing with the international break that um, he didn't get to sort of go on that run of... Um, momentum that he might have had from scoring that first goal. Um, it'll be interesting to see how McGann treats the 11 and whether he looks to bring in Balok against um, QPR this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I'm intrigued. I'm interested to see um, how how he goes, to be honest, because... Um, just, I think just from like where he came, where he came from, and the situation, uh, the scenarios in, in, in which we were able to acquire him, um, it's sort of like it's just it's an interesting one that you don't really see that often in that scenario. So um, you know, we we didn't get the opportunity to that there was a you know with transfer rumors about a player and the, and the you know YouTube scouting so to speak that comes with that. So I don't really know much about him. Um, I don't think, ap- apart from a few sort of s- statistics that are, you know, about his goal scoring record for his previous clubs, but there's not, I don't think there's a lot of information. Um, but yeah, from, from the reports, he's, he did well with under 23s. Um, and he's obviously training well enough to, um, in, as a part of the first squad to get onto the bench, um, or, uh, against Huddersfield. So, um, yeah, I think, I think just from the way, like from his physical description, um, that he'll just offer. I think he'll offer something um, a little different um, up top. Um, I don't know, Magenis is he's been kind of hit and miss. Um, I guess both him and Eves have. So it's, um, I think um, they've both had their opportunities. Um, so I can, I think it's only a matter of time until we see. Um, Bullock, uh on the park in a in a city shirt. Yeah, and it may well come as soon as this weekend against our next opponents, QPR, who have a couple of familiar faces in their ranks in Mark Pugh and Todd Kane, uh, both ex-City players from last season. Um, it'll be an interesting one. Obviously, we kind of dodged a bullet with uh, Fraser Campbell not scoring against us for Huddersfield, but uh, we've sort of got a double opportunity against QPR for former players to uh, to find the back of the net. Um Although both both did start on the bench for QPR in their last outing against Blackburn, which they won 4-2. So, I mean, QPR have been on, on quite a run of form so far to start the season. They're looking quite good. Uh, I think they've won three of their last five, and they're up in ninth. 
So, as a, for a side that's been, I guess, sort of mid to lower t- table in the championship for the last few years since their relegation, they they look like they're starting to piece the pieces together. They've got Warburton as manager, who, uh, from memory, did a reasonable job with Brentford a few years back before moving up to Scotland. Um, I think he, he might have had a uh, poor spell with Leeds in between, which um, which which you know at the time was never really a an easy job to take on and probably still isn't. Um, but they seem to be getting all the pieces into place, so that that could be quite a formidable game at home on the weekend. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think it will be um, it will be challenging, as you said. QBR's in um, not a bad little run of form, um, and I think. <sighs> Just the way the way in which we um, succumbed to defeat against Huddersfield will be probably a little bit disappointing. Maybe um, Paul makes I think puts a little bit more more emphasis on this game. Now we're you know we've we started we, our first little run of games we um, achieved le- less than what McCann had um, set as his targets. It'll be interesting to see how we. How this last set of fixtures between the two international break um, windows, how close we came to his targets for that period. Um, but I think again we need to, we do need to start um, on on a positive. We really can't afford um, to to be dropping points, uh, particularly against these teams that are really um, really close to us. Um, I think. They can't be. There wouldn't be too many. What are they? Four points or something above us? Well, yeah, they're, they're six points above us. Oh, which, um, you know, it's interesting. You look at the table, and apart from Swansea, who we played on the opening day, um, QPR and Sheffield Wednesday level on points in eighth and ninth. Um, are the toughest opponents that we faced, and we beat Sheffield Wednesday a couple of weeks ago at home. So, it's not out of the realm of possibilities that we could repeat the dose against QPR on the weekend. No, I, I don't think it's um I don't think it's impossible to do. I think I guess it's the same it's the same story that <laughs> we've got, you know, two of them the or probably the two most dangerous wingers in the competition. If they are um if they're on form um and they can combine because I feel like when those two actually combine together, which is a weird thing to expect your two wingers to be combining. But when those two combine, I think that's when we're at our most dangerous. Um, they seem to have a really good understanding um, with each other for two players that play on opposite sides of the field, um, which is quite interesting. But, yeah, if they, if they play well, um, if, um, if we have um, our... And our, I guess our top pick for back, for our back four, which I suppose would be Lehigh, Device, Burke, and then I don't know who's our fit left back. Is it? Are we? Um... I, I guess. Well, I mean, Fleming didn't really put a foot wrong against um, Huddersfield Town, so it's hard to yeah. hard to justify dropping him. But in saying that, if Elder's back fit and if uh, Kingsley's back fit, then really we've got three options to choose from, which is. Um, it's a bit of an unusual position to be in. Yeah, I mean, in, I guess in terms of that, I, if it was, I'd like to see um, some more of um, Elder, but I guess like we need, you, we, we might have to be a little careful with him to make sure that he's a hundred percent because um, he came, in that one game he had, he he was picked up another injury in that. So um, 
I look. I'm happy to go with Fleming over Kingsley. Kingsley has. I don't think he's ever really been able to put together a, a consistent run of form. Um, for us, um, the same sort of issues keep rearing their head, and he's exposed in the same ways um, over and over. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm happy with if if Fleming's the um, if Fleming's fit of the, the fit the fittest of the of the options, um, then I'm 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 fine with that. Um, if but if Elder is 100% fit, I'd probably like to see him again. I thought he did really well um, in the game that he played. Uh, would you uh, Would you stick Eves back up top? Yeah, I think I'm. Look, I think I'm pretty happy with Eves. I think he offers a lot. He's just been unlucky. Um, he's been unlucky not to be to get those goals. But the one that he scored was awesome. And I think um, I think he was pretty well involved at Huddersfield. He was doing what he could, but um, just I guess didn't have the, the didn't get the right opportunities or the right support. I think from what I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it'll it'll certainly be interesting. So do you ha- do you have a score prediction for this one? I, look, I, I I'm probably leaning towards a one-one or a two-two. I think, you know, our best case scenario is probably a draw. But in saying that, as we've just been saying, we did knock off Chef Wednesday at home, and QPR theoretically aren't a whole lot better than them. So the win might be there for the taking. Yeah, I think. Um... I mean, this. I honestly think this game could go. It could go either way. I don't think that's. There's not a clear cut favourite for this game, um, from my point of view. But I so I think you're probably right. I think uh, a bit of a scrappy uh, score draw will probably be about um, where it'll end up. Well, the uh, the football flashback from 11 years ago was anything but scrappy, with a 3-0 win over West Brom, taking us equal top of the Premier League at the time, which, after nine games of the season, was a pretty remarkable achievement. Um, looking back on this one, potentially more in the context of what uh, what the result meant for the club and and for a promoted club at the time, more so than the game itself... Um, I'm trying to think. Apart from apart from when we knocked off Leicester on the opening day a couple of years ago, and we were the early games, so we went top at that point. I can't remember too many occasions that we would have been top of the Premier League. So to do so after nine games of the season is a pretty remarkable achievement to look back on. Yeah, it's um, it's something that uh, I think we sort of we're taking sort of I guess taking a, a level of pride in um you know in, in this as an achievement and i guess like some of the so i'm sure there are fans out there from bigger clubs that if they were to hear this they would be um laughing at us you know at taking well, pride you, at being top after nine games you, or something you say but, that, but i'm pretty sure there's a stat out there that for instance tottenham i don't think have been top in 20 years or something so yeah right. you know you know what i mean like so yeah as much as you kind of I, I agree with you that there are certainly a lot of clubs that would scoff at that as being an achievement, but there are other, you know, it's not, it's not as, uh, it's not as easy as an achievement as some would make it out to be. Yeah. Um, and I guess perhaps it's that, um, some of these, some of the clubs that I'm referring to are probably perhaps more blessed with, uh, financial strength, um, and, uh, on field success than perhaps we or some other clubs are and so that I guess that level of perspective um, just affects the way we um, perceive perceive these things but no I think um, I mean anytime you can manage to go to the top of Premier League or any league to be honest is um, 
is an achievement in itself. Um, and, and I guess like particularly the Premier League as being the that that I guess the benchmark competition um, as considered by many arguments made one way or the other. Um, but yeah, it's um, I think it, it's always yeah it's it's nice to to be able to look back and, and see. I guess look back and see the the club in um, in in a successful position. Yeah, and I think I mean that was sort of I guess you'd say the peak of that Premier League season. We had the great wins against Arsenal and Spurs that we talked about in the in the last episode of the podcast. But I, I suppose going top of the Premier League in in a way was more of a an accomplishment in the sense that it gave us a bit more legitimacy that um, you can have the odd upset win you see Norwich beating Man City this season in the Premier League um, but it's that sustained run over the course of a number of games that can actually result in you being top of the league which is actually more of an accomplishment in some ways it's that consistency and showing it over over a number of games um, you know, it's the fact that I think it was the following game or it was soon afterwards we went to United and we lost 4-3, but it was towards the end of that game when the United supporters are whistling for full time and things like that where you think they're actually intimidated by us and we're actually going toe-to-toe with these big clubs and they actually, um, you know, uh, just desperate to get the result. Uh, you know, we drew 2-2 with Liverpool in December of that season where we were actually... It's just it's remarkable looking back at some of the things that the club was able to achieve at that time, and I think you know 90% of it was probably adrenaline and just the goodwill and the uh, momentum from the promotion and the the promotions over a number of years. But part of it, it's 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 the it's the hard work, it's the graft, it's the the effort put in by the team and the spirit of the team to achieve that. And I think that all sort of culminated in that you know ability to go equal top for at least the week that it was. Yeah, I think um, in terms of uh, some of these aspects, I think it's it, it can never under under or should never underestimate what um, you know what a dressing room culture um, can really do. And when you've got um, you know with a club of our stature or some of um, or or equivalent that um, often you find you don't really have too many players that. Um, command huge wages and you know have a chip on their shoulder or you know um, have that that real level of ego that can be um, disruptive um, which you see with some of the um, some of the bigger clubs particularly um, often there's some some level of dis you know um, distrust or disruption because whoever it is is not getting the game time that they think they're de- you know deserved or whatever i think um as you sort of mentioned when you when they, when a team when that squad can gel together and are working for each other and putting in the graft and the hard work that um the results can come for for whoever you are against whoever um happens to be in front of you on the day Absolutely. Well, here's to hoping that we return to the uh, to the summit of the Premier League sometime soon. Um, but until then, thank you for joining me tonight, Dan. No problem. And thank you, everyone, for listening in. This has been another episode of The Tigers Down Under. You can find us on a number of platforms. We're on YouTube, we're on iTunes, and we're also now on Spotify, as we've been for about the last month or so. So if, if you want to find us there, you can check us out on Spotify. Um, but until next time, come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast. 
For more discussion, join us on Facebook in the Hull City AFC Australian Supporters Group or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber and Black. There's no turning back cause you're out.